Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. It's a bonus day football by numbers series continues with the jersey number 35 and the greatest players to ever wear it. And we have a top 10. We're going to tell you all about it in just a moment. This is the Pigskin Daily History Dispatch, a podcast that covers the anniversaries of American football events throughout history on a day-to-day basis. This is your host, Darren Hayes, and we're podcasting from America's North Shore to bring you the memories of the gridiron one day at a time. So with Mike and Gene Monroe, as well as Jason Neff supplying us with the tunes, let's go Noah! through today's football history headlines. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hello, my football friends. This is Darren Hayes of pigskindispatch.com coming to you once again from the pig pen. And now we have a bonus edition, the jersey number 35s in our football by numbers series. And it's a solo mission tonight. You'll just be hearing my voice. But we are going to talk about the most substantial players in NFL history, 101 plus years to wear that jersey number 35 on their backs. And uh, we're going to come up with the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame has six names on their list of players that are enshrined in Canton that wore the number 35. And it says that Aeneas Williams, Bill Dudley, Pete Pajos, John Henry Johnson, Earl Campbell, and Walt Kiesling all wore the number 35 during their careers. Now, I guess the first one maybe we want to jump to is Earl Campbell. That's an interesting name because we just covered him on our last episode with the jersey number 34s. And uh, we know that he's a Hall of Famer, five-time Pro Bowler. But, you know, I always remember him in a number 34 with the Houston Oilers. But... He did play with the New Orleans Saints uh, for a couple seasons at the end of his career, and he wore jersey number 35 on there. Didn't have a whole lot going on there. Uh, 1984, he had uh, he played eight games, had 50 rushes for 190 yards, and in 1985, he uh, only put up, uh, well, he had 643 yards. Not bad, but a total of uh, one touchdown in those, uh, wearing that number 35 jersey. So he was wasn't uh, super substantial with the 35 like he was dominant when he wore the number 34. Um, I think we're going to put him a little bit of a standby number here. Uh, standby and not put him on our list just quite yet. We might come back to him later. And Walt Kiesling is another one that we have as a Hall of Famer. We've talked about Walt uh, for quite a few different numbers. He's come up on a lot of on our list. Uh, but Walt also wore the number 35 for two seasons. And he wore that uh, number 35 when he was with the Pittsburgh Steelers at the end of his career. Uh, so, you know, again, a very interesting one, and he sort of soon took over for coaching of the Pittsburgh Steelers. He was a one-time All-Pro, but that was with uh, wearing a different number. That was wearing uh, the number 20, I'm sorry, the number 18. So uh, another uh, Hall of Famer, but I think we'll put him on standby. So two of our six Hall of Famers on standby. Uh, now let's get into the ones that really wore it a long time. And our lo- most 
tenured number 35 that's in the Hall of Fame is Aeneas Williams. And, uh, you know, we've just talked about him uh, not too long ago uh, on his birthday, which was on January 29th. And uh, we just talked to him about in our football history headlines today, too, because he was a draft pick in that uh 2001 NFL draft I'm sorry 1991 NFL draft uh, and he was one of the Hall of Fame members that we mentioned there he was picked by the Phoenix Cardinals 1991 and he played with the Cardinals uh, throughout his entire career uh, you know in Phoenix and Arizona and no, I'm sorry he, he he played in St. Louis his uh, last four seasons 10 years with Arizona and Phoenix four years with the St. Louis Rams not the St. Louis Cardinals and you know he of course he was a, a great defensive back played a lot of safety, uh, had 55 interceptions in his career, 807 return yards, nine touchdowns, Hall of Famer, eight-time Pro Bowl uh, player, and uh, you know what a what a great player he had, great career he had for Aeneas Williams. Played from 1991 all the way to 2004, so you know just about a decade and a half ago we were still watching him play at a very high level, and. He's at such a high level when wearing it for 14 seasons. He's going to be the first on our list of the top 10 greatest number 35s in NFL history. I'll go uh, Bill Dudley next. And Bill Dudley, you know, very famous uh, running back, uh, played with the Pittsburgh Steelers for his first three years of his career, uh, then four seasons with the Detroit uh, Lions. I'm sorry, three seasons with Detroit Lions, three years with Washington Redskins. So nine years, he split them all up evenly, Detroit, Pittsburgh, and Washington. And he, again, is another Hall of Famer, three-time Pro Bowl selection, had 3,057 rushing yards, a four-yard average, 18 touchdowns in his career. Uh, also put another 1,383 yards receiving and another 18 touchdowns uh, you know, catching the ball. So, you know, uh, Bullet Bill Dudley was definitely a uh, uh, force to be reckoned with back in those uh, early ga- days of football. You know, 1942 to 1953 was when he played. Uh, the NFL was still fairly young yet. Uh, he was a great you know, halfback, tailback, quarterback. Um, a tremendous player, Hall of Famer, and uh, I think he is going to be our second person that we will put on our list as the greatest number 35s to play the game. Uh, let's talk about Pete Pihos, another Hall of Famer that's on our list. And uh, Pete had another uh, was another one that had a great career. Played from 1947 to 1952. All of those with the Philadelphia Eagles, who he was drafted by. He was a six-time Pro Bowler. As we mentioned, he's in the Hall of Fame, and uh, he was a, an end and defensive end. You know, one of the two-way players. Uh, he ended up for his career uh, having 61 touchdowns uh, and those were all receiving 5,619 yards receiving and uh, just a, a great player you know catching that many passes back in that era that was just uh, you know, some good stuff there to help out the Eagles and uh, you know, do some damage and they, they had some pretty good teams when he was on them so I think uh, Pete Pihos is going to be another one he'll be our third on our list of top number 35s and then we got to talk about another running back, John Henry Johnson. Uh, he was another Pittsburgh Steeler. Steelers weren't, weren't real good teams there, but we have uh, two of their 
players that are Hall of Famers. And uh, John Henry Johnson originally came up with the San Francisco 49ers in 1954, uh, played three seasons there, then played three seasons with the Detroit Lions, and then uh, six years with the Pittsburgh Steelers, one year uh, with the Houston Oilers in the AFL at the very end of his career. But uh, John Henry Johnson had 6,803 yards rushing, 4.3 yards per carry, 48 touchdowns. And in receiving, he had another almost 1,500 yards receiving in his career with another seven touchdowns. So he was uh, almost a dual threat and uh, very formidable uh, running back that everybody really respected. And John Henry Johnson is another one. He'll be our fourth to make our list of the top number 35s. All right, uh, so that's our Hall of Famers. We put four of them on our list so far. And now let's go to our guys that are not yet in the Hall of Fame. And the first one I'd like to talk about is Calvin Hill. And Calvin Hill was kind of an interesting figure in NFL history. Uh, he played running back, uh, drafted by the Dallas Cowboys, uh, stayed with them for the first uh, let's see, six, uh, six seasons with them, played four years with the Cleveland Browns the end of his career and in between are two years with the Washington Redskins and he had 6,083 yards in his career 4.2 average 42 touchdowns and uh, was also good out of the backfield had almost 2,900 yards uh, catching the ball 23 touchdowns there uh Again, another uh, really solid back in NFL history. And we are going to place Calvin Hill in our top uh, 10. He's our fifth to go on the list. Uh, how about uh, we talk about Neil Anderson? And Neil, uh, another you know real solid player, running back, had 6,166 yards in his career, 51 touchdowns, 4.1 yard average, played with the Chicago Bears his entire career, 1986 all the way to 1993. Uh, and as a receiver, he had uh, 2,763 yards, 20 touchdowns, uh, you know, with that also for Neil Anderson, great running back, great uh, Chicago Bear. And I think I'm going to put Neil on our list, too, as our number six pick here. And um, William White, he is another one we want to talk about, not in the Hall of Fame, but he had a a good career worth number 35 his entire career. Uh, Detroit Lions for six years, Kansas City for three, two with the Atlanta Falcons. Came in in 1988, played all the way to 1998, and, uh, you know, had 20 interceptions as a defensive back, uh, scored one touchdown off of that. Uh, you know, pretty good statistics, but I think uh, we'll maybe put him on standby if we got to come back to it and make some decisions later on. Uh, Christian Okoye, uh, boy, how can you forget him? The Nigerian nightmare uh, when he played for the Kansas City Chiefs. He was a beast. Uh, you know, he stood at six foot one, 253 pounds at the running back position. You know, what a load he could carry. Uh, 4,897 yards, 3.9 yards per carry, 40 touchdowns. Uh, Kansas City for six straight seasons. Uh, and uh, he was an all pro in uh, one of those seasons with the uh, Chiefs. Uh, real solid back, but his career was kind of shortened to just the, that size he had and uh, those linebackers and linemen would catch up with him and, and thump him pretty good. I think he's another one maybe we'll take a look at and uh, maybe come back to. Uh, Martin Mayhew is uh, another one we'd like to discuss, though. And uh, Martin, according to the ProFootballReference.com, 
he uh, came out of Florida State and was a great defensive back. Had 21 interceptions, 199 yards returned, one touchdown. 1989, he came in with the Washington Redskins, played with them for four seasons. His final four seasons were with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, not sure that uh, he will be uh, making our list, but uh, definitely a player to mention. And uh, how about Jim Nance? You know, not Jim Nance, the, the commentator. Uh, this is Jim Nance, a running back that played from 1965 to 1973. He was an AFL player, came in with the Boston Patriots and uh, stayed with them until they became the New England Patriots. 1971, he left them, did not play uh, in 1972. He had a retired, he missed the season. And then came back for a final season, 1973, with the New York Jets. Uh, but he was, you know, a pretty solid running back, had 5,401 yards, 4.0 average, 45 touchdowns for Jim Nance, uh, AFL running back uh, for most of his career. And another one maybe we'll come back to on him, uh, but not uh, going in yet. Uh, Keith Lyles, another player that we wore the number 35 during his career. And the Pro Football Reference has him down as a defensive back. And he had 31 interceptions, 362 return yards, wore the number 35 his entire career, won one Super Bowl, came in with the, the Rams, uh, played 1994 all the way to uh, 2002, was with the, the Rams for seven years, San Diego Chargers for a year, Washington Redskins for a year. Um, you know, just had a good solid season. Not sure that he's going to be one that's going to be on our list, but definitely somebody we wanted to mention to. Um, and uh, Jim Otis is another guy we want to talk about, though. He played from 1970 to 1978 wearing that number 35 jersey. Uh, his entire career came in with New Orleans for his first year, Kansas City for a couple, and uh, then came went back to, uh, or I'm sorry, played with the St. Louis Cardinals uh, for six seasons. And, you know, he was just a very solid running back, uh, 4,350 yards, 3.8 uh, average, 19 touchdowns in his career. Uh, but, uh, again, probably not good enough to, to make our list. But, you know, maybe Mike Talbert is. You know, Talbert, uh, you know, another fine player that uh, the pro football reference has down is he was a running back. He had uh, 2,649 yards rushing, 3.8 yard average, 34 touchdowns. And if you remember, he came in with the San Diego Chargers in 2008, uh, played with them for five years. I'm sorry, four years, and then went to the Carolina Panthers for five years and played a final year with Buffalo. Uh, Two-time All-Pro, three times in the Pro Bowl. Um, you know, some decent numbers there for him. And, uh, you know, he caught some passes, too. 1,861 yards, another 12 touchdowns there. Not too shabby for Mr. Tolbert. I think maybe we'll put him on our, our standby list as well. Uh, Marion Butts is another one that uh, we like to talk about. And, uh, you know, Marion was a very interesting character running back. He had 5,185 yards, 3.9 average, 43 touchdowns when he played with the San Diego Chargers for six, I'm sorry, for five seasons. Uh, Houston for a year, New England for a year. 1989 to 1995 was the span of his career uh, at running back. And that's uh, some pretty good numbers. When you have 43 touchdowns on this list, I think uh, Mr. Butts is uh, going to be definitely one we're going to want to talk about again and uh, maybe get one of those last four spots we have. And that is uh, pretty much uh, it, except for, uh, you know, Eric Reed. maybe we 
we definitely want to mention here too because you know eric uh was a free safety uh played 2013 through 2019 san francisco 49ers for five years uh, two years with the carolina panthers uh had 11 interceptions his career 244 yards returned he was a real solid player out of lsu but uh again probably not the stats that are going to get him into uh the our our uh, top 30 top 10 number 35s here but maybe galen fist who wore the number 11 for 11 i'm sorry number 35 for 11 seasons i got my numbers confused there he was a linebacker that had 13 interceptions 178 yards returned on those played with the cleveland browns his entire career 1956 all the way to 1966 and uh you know, won an NFL championship, was in two Pro Bowls. So probably another one we should put under some consideration because he definitely wore that for 11 seasons and played at a high level. And, uh, you know, I don't think we talked about Glenn uh, Dowdy either. Glenn was a wide receiver that played with the Baltimore Colts from 1972 to 1979. Spent entire year with the entire career with the Baltimore Colts. Had uh, 219 receptions, 3,547 yards, 16.2 yards per catch, 24 touchdowns, and uh, that's you know, more than number 35 his whole career. But I don't think he's going to get that. that doesn't have enough of that hardware to to get him in. So we have six spots on there. I think it's time to uh, go and deliberate here. And I think uh, I'm going to give the bid to our, our two other two Hall of Famers, Earl Campbell and Walt Keesling. I'm going to put them on our list of our seventh and eighth spots. Uh, well-deserving players they are, even though the number 35 may have not done them. They wore the number, and they were uh, very good players in their own right. And I think... Uh, I'd like to maybe see Christian Okoye because he had some brilliant seasons there. I'm going to give him the ninth spot. And rounding out our top 10, I'm going to go with Mike Tolbert, uh, the number 10 spot. So in review, we have Aeneas Williams, Bill Dudley, Pete Pajos, John Henry Johnson, Earl Campbell, Walt Keesling, Calvin Hill, Neil Anderson, Christian Okoye, and Mike Tolbert as your best number 35s in NFL history. Uh, that's picked by me, Darren Hayes. If you disagree or think maybe we missed some, uh, and we forgot some emails on some people that we missed, and I don't disagree with them, uh, please email us at pigskindispatch at gmail.com and let us know. Or look us up on one of our, our Twitter handle, you know, at pigskindispatch or Facebook pigskindispatch, and let us know uh, what you feel about that. And we are going to be having uh, one or two shows where we go back and make corrections uh, that we missed and uh, you know point out by sometimes you the fan and uh, we'll do some investigation and see and maybe you're right and we've had a couple of those instances already so you know please uh, contact contact us pigskindispatch at gmail.com let us know and uh, tune back in tomorrow because we are going to have the number 36s as a bonus edition and of course we also have our football history headlines coming up for april 22nd so you don't want to miss that so till tomorrow everybody have a great gridiron day peeking up at the clock the time's running down we're going to go into victory formation take a knee and let this baby run out thanks for joining us we'll see you back tomorrow for the next podcast we invite you to check out our website, pigskindispatch.com, not only to see the daily football history, but to experience positive football with our many articles on the good people of the game, as well as our own football comic strip, Cleet Marks Comics. Pigskindispatch.com is also on social media outlets, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and don't forget the Pigskin Dispatch YouTube channel to get all of your positive football news and history. 
Special thanks to the talents of Mike and Gene Monroe, as well as Jason Neff for letting us use their music during our podcast. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. offices of the Pittsburgh Guardian newspaper circa 1924. But for Marla Delft, assistant editor, everything was about to change. For she was about to discover the awesome attractiveness of Row 1 brand retro sports paraphernalia items, thanks to Orville Mulligan, sports writer. And there it is. Wow, Orville, that's really the bee's knees. Isn't it just? A poster-sized replica of the actual 1909 World Series program cover. I can see that. But where did you get it? And where'd you get it framed? I ordered it from the Row 1 website, where over 6,000 items of sports memorabilia from the 1880s to the 1990s are available for reproduction, in multiple sizes and in several different materials, with over a dozen styles of frame to choose from for prints like this. Well, I'm sure Mr. Delft would love to put up more of these in the office. But I'm equally as sure they're beyond this newspaper's budget. (laughs) Not at all, my dear Marla. See for yourself. Go to sportshistorynetwork.com slash row one. Sportshistorynetwork.com slash row one. Oh my, these are good prices. Oh, and look at this stuff. Oklahoma, Nebraska football. College basketball art. Michael Jordan items. And so it was that Marla Delft discovered the spondiferous magic of row one sports memorabilia arts and prints. You can, too, by visiting sportshistorynetwork.com slash row one. That's R-O-W number one today for access to the full row one catalog of gallery prints and gifts like t-shirts, long sleeve shirts, telephone cases, coffee mugs, blankets, pillows, towels, and even shower curtains. Act today for a 15% discount off all prints with coupon code SHN15 and 20% off all other items with coupon code SHN20 at Check out and keep your dial locked to the Sports History Network for the exciting chronicles of the 1920 sports world in Orville Mulligan, Sports Writer. Coming soon. Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. Each week, the official Football Learning Academy podcast will take you deep into the history of pro football through interviews with players, coaches, or administrators in the NFL, as well as interviews with Pro Football Hall of Fame selectors, authors, and historians. You'll learn how the game evolved and important moments that shaped the sport into what it is today. And don't miss the Pro Football History Nugget of the Week. Listen to the official Football Learning Academy podcast on the Sports History Network. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.